Howdy and welcome to the Feed Bandit Podcast, where we have fun talking all things hunting and in the process do our best to support small and family-owned businesses in the hunting space. Here are your hosts and resident bandits, Jimmy Byrne and Richard Kinchlow. Hey everybody, Jimmy here with uh, Richard here for another edition of the Feed Bandit Podcast. Uh, how you doing, sir? Good, sir. Good. Good to be back here. Absolutely. Uh, so today, I think what we wanted to talk about was uh, how duck hunting was going so far. Uh, you know, just gave kind of a recap of, uh, you know, what you've seen out there and what's worked, right. what hasn't, and uh, any uh, interesting stories or anecdotes you got. Uh, you're the, uh, between the two of us, the, the duck hunting guru for sure. Not not so much me. I guess I, guess I usually elect to uh, sit in the deer blind in the morning yeah uh, well i I don't blame you i don't blame it's cold it's a lot of work uh those waiters are miserable but uh it's just (laughs) something about wing shooting i mean i i just i i I cannot get enough of it uh and of course seeing the dog work is uh, is a lot of fun too so so yeah I, i had high hopes uh for this duck season because my dove season was so terrible and i just got out of therapy from a bad dove season so well, the regular really listeners have suffered with us. Yeah, talk about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can you can hear me being a little bee about it, but uh, um, yeah. So the our, our duck season opened up. Uh, the official regular season opened up uh, the first weekend in, or second weekend in November. Um, of course, I was uh, I was there in the morning. You know, right at thirty minutes before sunrise, uh, ready to rock and roll. Um, was a little. I uh, was a little concerned about uh, the amount of traffic I'd get uh, on this particular tank because of the fact that, you know, coming in that evening, I just didn't see a lot of birds in general. Uh, so that is typically a good indicator that, that you're going to have, you may have some problems. We also have a massive lake near us as well that's, you know, 20,000 acres. So that, that that's a, a, a draw for the ducks as well. The area that we hunt in is generally not... The, the the best for ducks, but but we get enough to keep us entertained. Um, so you know, unfortunately, uh, I could actually hear the the hunters on that on that that lake going crazy. Uh, you know, obviously, well in the distance. Uh, and uh, but for me, it was it was pretty bad. I think I ended up seeing a few, and I think I shot one. I, I had to go back. Uh, but it was pretty disappointing. Um, yeah, it's funny that. The, the tanks have come up so much since because of all the rain that obliterated our dove season. Um, so there's just a lot of available water out there. And then there's a, you know, not only a lot of water, but there's a lot of food too. You know, a lot of the, the grasses and whatnot that, you know, that were, that were growing up or now we're now underwater, you know, so it's really become a, a heaven for the, for the migratory birds. And, and that's great. That's what you want. You know, these, the, these migratory birds travel hundreds and thousands of miles, uh, so you'd love to, you know, to to, to give them something to eat if, uh, you know, of anything. So, um, but yeah, so the the first go at it was was definitely disappointing. Um, fast forward, unfortunately, I was kind of my last time to really hunt until until Thanksgiving. Took a couple of days and. And uh, about three de- two days before Thanksgiving, we went back out at it, and we had had some substantial cold fronts come through. When I said substantial, I mean the, you know, the the morning lows were in the, you know, gosh, I, I think thirty, um, you know, which again is pretty pretty damn cold uh, for us. Uh, so um, we had a ton of birds in the area. I talked to 
talked to one of the guys and he said he saw a whole bunch of ducks on the tank to, to the tune of about two to a hundred to about 200 he said wow. so uh for me that that tells me that those are definitely diver ducks um you know we, we kind of talked about the two differences between the you you get the puddle ducks which are your your gadwalls your widgeons your teals your mallards your shovelers and then you have your diver ducks which are your scalps your redheads your ring necks canvas backs um you know d- ducks like that and typically from my experience um you know when you see those big big numbers they're typically the the diver ducks and why is it sure you know i i, I don't know to be really honest with you i just in in our particular area that's kind of what it seems like it is you know you'll, you'll occasionally see groups of big big groups of teal uh, but you know, you, typically I, I I don't see you know puddle ducks more than about ten or fifteen, you know, of, of one particular species at a time. Now, but again, with the diver ducks, I mean, God, you know, we we had sixty redheads on the tank last year. Um, just a beautiful sight, you know. So I, I'm not really sure. Uh, I guess we just we just had a lot of them. So are the divers uh, uh, are, are the puddles and divers both? Uh, equally migratory or maybe the, oh, the yeah. or one or yeah. the other more so or something or yeah you know that's a, that's a great question I, from my experience again from my experience i'm not a duckologist but um you, you know the 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 smallest of the puddle ducks which will be the teal the the teal they even get indication that it's getting cold and they're out of there you know they they leave from the north and and head south and that's why texas has the early teal season which is one of my most Favorite times of years, which we have one good hunt. They got a video on it. It's a pretty terrible video, but I'm getting better. Um, and, and and then the uh, you know typically early on we'll we'll, we'll definitely kill some puddle ducks uh, early on, gabwalls, widgeons, and whatnot. And but later in the season, um, you know when it starts to get real cold up north is when we uh, you know we typically hammer the divers. So I you know seeing this many diver ducks. Uh, on our on on our, this particular place we're hunting was a little rare, you know. I, I again in January, nay, not a problem. Late December, absolutely. But um, yeah, God, it was fun. So you know, I was chomping at the bit with anticipation on, on the, the the following morning, and I had my daughter there with me, and uh, we were bundled up, and uh, you know, she's uh, she loves it. She absolutely loves it, sitting by the water, freezing her little booty off. <laughs> uh, I've got her dressed up to where I mean she looks like she's about to explode, um, you know. And we're we're going through well, all you're the toughing exercises. Her up, you know? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> I am. absolutely, yeah. So she's you know wiggling her toes and kind of moving her legs to keep her you know to keep her warm because typically she she's good for about thirty or forty minutes once below freezing and then then she's done. And I don't blame her. You know she's seven and she's you know, of course I'm I'm pretty much done too, but. Um, it, it was, it was one of those magical mornings. You know, we, we, we always talk about, and for the real hunter, the real conservationist, the, the, the time out there in the bush, out there in the wild, it cannot be measured by, you know, the volume of game that you shoot, you know, or, or, or all the, the blood that you spill. It's really about the experiences that you have out there, you know, interacting with nature. Um, one of the, the 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 coolest things about duck hunting, if you've never experienced it, you, you got to because you're you're missing something, uh, is to hear the ducks come in. And I'm not talking about quacking or anything like that nature. They sound like airplanes. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, a, it it is absolutely fascinating. I've been doing this for a hundred years, and it still 
gets me gives me the goosebumps <laughs> just to hear these little jets coming in on a wind it, it is a lot of fun um so that kind of that kind of morning is is really really special so so here's kind of the, the paint the picture for you um it was cold we had the north wind which that's extremely rare uh and to have wind period is extremely rare where where we kind of hunt it just i don't seem to get many good windy days but when we do it's perfect because uh, we have motion in our decoys. You know, if not, the ducks are just sitting there like they're like they're paralyzed. And for the smart duck, they kind of you know they they basically tell us to quack off, and then, <laughs> then they fly somewhere else because they know that ducks don't just sit there. All right. Um, so what we did was we were kind of at the south end of this tank in a shallow area where they typically like to go, and we we set up um you, know, you can we we set up what's kind of what's called a J hook, and basically it's just you 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 do your decoys in kind of a J, and you hope that they kind of land in that pocket. Um, well, I would say probably ten minutes before shooting light, you know the, the tank just fills up. It just every species coming in quacking again the wings. And I have my Walker's game ears on, so my daughter, so we could whisper to each other. Uh, and it just is just a, a magical moment, uh, something that I, I really will not forget. And again, I've been doing this for a long time. Um, you know, I've got my my bird dog in front of me who who held so well. I, I it's just amazing. It was like it was all meant to be. You know, she's got ducks literally all over her, and she's sitting there uh, as still as she can be. So again, just a, a magical time. But well, that's a uh, testament know, to the I, owner, then, huh? Oh, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I appreciate that, but um, yeah. So uh, you know, come shooting light. Um, it was just a matter of you know what birds were going to come into my decoys first, and uh, sure enough, I had a couple of ringers, uh, ringnecks coming to my decoys, and um, started off with a bang, literally dropped two right there. And the second I dropped that too, all hell broke loose, you know, and there's a, there's a 75 to a hundred other ducks flew up and are just really upset with me and, and quacking at me. Of course they made the big mistake of flying over me and I ended up getting, I think two more out of that, which was a bad idea on their part. Um, ended up getting, you know, six total, which is the limit, uh, majority ring necks. And I think I killed the teal, which the teal is my, one of my favorite ducks. So why is that? Uh, a, a magical morning. Uh, I don't limit out often at all. Um, truth be told, I you know if I can get two or three ducks, I'm extremely happy. Uh, shooting a limit, I, I didn't know what to do with myself. Um, now, what, why because, is the teal your your favorite? The, the the teal are my favorite just because um, because I, I I think they're really pretty looking. Uh, I think they're really pretty looking. They remind me of dove because uh, they're so fast. Um, they're also, you know, I hate to, hate to, not, hate to knock on, but they're kind of gullible, you know, so I, you know, they're easier to, to shoot, you know, um, as far as they're, they're, they're more susceptible to decoys. Okay. Um, I, I also, I also enjoy the meat. It's just like eating a big dove, you know, you can breast them out real easily. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I love them. I love them. And then probably my second favorite duck would be the American Widgeon. Uh, and I actually shot a couple of widgets. Shot a got a beautiful drake. Oh, they are just gorgeous. It is absolutely amazing the the, the how these ducks the the look the the way they look. Yeah, you know, sure. you you do really you, just can't imagine it. Do you have uh, good pictures of these? I do. Uh, I certainly do. Post along with this episode. Absolutely. All you right, bet. Awesome. I, I got a really good picture of this one of these American widgeon drakes. So nice. 
Um, so yeah, no, great hunt. Uh, it just had a ball. Uh, loved it so much. I got up the next morning, did the exact same thing. Uh, ended up uh, shooting another limit. Um, unfortunately, I was only able to recover five because I had another ringer that I, I mean, just a, a, a incredible shot. A, incredible. This, this this duck was up there with you know the, the 747 800s, and uh, he was whack whacking at me, and I just, boy, I drilled him. Well, you know the tank's gotten bigger. It's it's about 10 acres now. So when I drilled him, he landed smack dab in the middle of the tank. I mean I. I'm not sure if the bolt, the, the shot killed him or the fall, because I mean, it was a smack. Uh, <laughs> but unfortunately, my blind dog, um, who turns ten tomorrow, by the way, um, we she could Happy not birthday, see Charlotte. Him. Yeah, well, she's, she's in the other room. She better not be on her okay. new couch. The wife will freak, but um, she uh, she couldn't see him, unfortunately, and so I. Uh, it was kind of funny. I, I I put my waders on there, and I I have I have chest waders and I have hip waders uh, and I prefer to wear my chest waders or my hip waders because they're lighter they're easier to put on and and, and so what I kind of do is and here, here's a little, a little tip for you you know um, obviously walking in, in ice cold water is very dangerous especially by yourself um, so what, what I typically will do is when I'm wading out into an area first of all you know obviously baby steps is key the other thing that I do is, is I, I kind of pull my waders up on my uh, on my gut and um, I'll put my kind of my thumbs in my waistband, my waders, and I'll put my fingers kind of right in front. I mean, this is probably wondering where I'm going with this. But <laughs> what, what I basically do is, is I, start, I start to walk like that very slowly. And if that water hits my fingers, I know that I've got about an inch to go and then I need to back up. Well, I, I, I always do that. So when I was trying to get out to this duck, because where this duck landed, I knew it was a little bit more shallow, and I literally came at it from three different angles, trying to get out there to get it, So, and, and unfortunately, I could not recover it, but, um, you know, talking, we, were, we, did, we, we did an episode not too long ago talking about deer hunting, you know, and, you know, if you don't recover a deer, you know, well, with, with, same with a duck, I mean, that, that thing was catfish food, uh, probably within a couple of hours, um, mm-hmm. so, uh, but yeah, no, you just, didn't just, have your uh, fishing pole with you? So, you know, I, I I thought about that, and it's and I was going through the logistics of all that, and I I seriously don't know if I had a lure big enough, yeah. uh, and heavy enough to get it out there. And I thought, yeah. well, maybe I'll launch the boat, and I'll be battering. And it's windy. I mean, dude. I anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah. So, um, but it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, fast forward to this past weekend, you know, went back out again. Didn't have the the numbers. The um, you know they uh, we had had a couple of fronts, you know, kind of come and gone and. Uh, but ended up with ended up with a few. Shot another really nice American Widge, and I think I got another teal. So, um, it's still just just a lot of fun. It, you know, seeing that the tank is full as it is after after where we were back in July is is just a miracle. So, um, now that December's here, hoping to do a little bit more hunting. We'll be going next weekend after Christmas in January. So uh, the, the strategy will will start to change as the um, as time wears on. You know, the ducks get smarter, uh, there's no doubt. Um, you know, right now I've actually got a, 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 a dove mojo that I put in my, uh, in my spread, uh, and it, boy, it, it, is, it has been very effective. Um, <laughs> but come the middle of December, I will remove that, and I will also only use a handful of decoys because they really start they to call you out. 
<laughs> they they do. They they really do. It, it's actually kind of funny. So the strategy will definitely change later in the season. Um, you know, I've been reading that we're supposed to have some pretty chilly temperatures. So hopefully that'll that'll bring some more birds down here. So uh, that that is exciting. Uh, spe- speaking of something else uh, exciting, on that same morning with my my daughter, where we got the stringer full of ringers. Um, something else that, that I had happened to me, which is it's happened once or twice before, but, but not, not recently. Uh, you know, the, the mallard drake is a real noisy brute. Uh, and typically in the morning, if, again, from my experience, um, y- you will hear them really sound off. You know, they're the, of course, all the duck calls are really styled after the mallard, uh, you know, as far as and all the call sequences, the feed call, the hail call, the greeting call, the come over here, let's have fun, we're ducks call, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, hearing a mallard that, that in the morning is kind of funny because you think, oh, my God, that sounds like me, you know. Uh, so on my on our neighbor's tank, I heard a big old bull mallard get up, and right before shooting light, he, he started doing his little hail call. And I'm assuming, you know, typically they do that because they see other ducks and they want to join the party. Mallards are sociable birds, apparently. Um, so it was funny. I started hail calling back at him, and then he started hail calling back at me. And, and it was so it was so noticeable that my seven year old daughter was like, "Daddy, that 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 daddy duck's talking to you," you know. Um, just again, a really really cool experience uh, for her to hear. So. What if, uh, would it be funny if uh, that was a, just another duck hunter over there on that tank? Yeah, and you know, it would be. It would. It would be. No, there, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. So, uh, it is funny. I've actually had a uh, last year. I had a, a same thing happened. Um, I, I don't know if that duck was on his tank or on one of our tanks somewhere else that was closer. But I actually had I had that that I'm assuming it's that duck come over it and actually investigate us, which was really funny, and uh, that was a bad choice on his part because we, <laughs> we 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 took him out. So nice. But, uh, it, it's it's been fun. I uh, you know, I think I'm up to like 18 ducks this year, uh, which you know I I, I you know I, I sometimes keep count of my birds. It's it's a bad habit, but. Uh, um, a lot of fun. Uh, going to be hopefully be filming some stuff in the, you know, later winter. Maybe doing some cooking with them and stuff like that. You know, d- ducks are uh, ducks are really good. Um, but you know, you know, the ducks and the geese. There, you find a lot of folks that don't like them. The meat's extremely rich. So there are definitely some ways you can you can really kind of tone that down. Uh, and I've I've learned that. Um, and we uh, we actually will. After I'm done prepping the ducks, you know, typically a couple of days, kind of bleeding them out, maybe soaking them in buttermilk or Italian dressing. You know, we will uh, we make them like into duck quesadillas, you know, little, little strips inside of tortillas on a, with with some cheese, and they're fantastic. They're fantastic. Everybody eats, them, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and that says a lot for ducks because again, it's not a very desirable meat. It ain't no turkey. Let's put it that way. So right, um, but but a lot of fun. What the um. I'm curious, just to jump back to discussion about t- different types of ducks. Yeah. You have your puddle duck and your diver duck. Is what's yeah. the difference between the two? Other than I guess one of them dives and maybe the other right. doesn't. Like right, yeah, <laughs> well, it, it's it's an Olympics thing. You yeah. Know? So, 
Yeah, you got the high diving ducks, and you, and you got the you know the breaststroke butterfly ducks. You know things of that. Nature. No, 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 no. <laughs> terrible Olympic swimming joke. Now the uh, the so the the puddle ducks are first and foremost are going to be bigger, okay, except for the teal. All right, uh, the you know the the mallards and the gadwalls, um, um, and the wigeons are all are are, are are relatively big ducks, especially the mallards and the. And the and the gadwalls, uh, their feet are are going to be um, a, a little bit smaller because they don't have to use them to dive as deep. Uh, they also they call them puddle ducks because that's where they feed. They feed kind of in the shallows. Okay, so so you're going to see them up against the banks, um, kind of in more your shallower areas of your your ponds and lakes and tanks. Okay. The, the diver ducks are, are completely different. The, the diver ducks will have big feet, and I've actually got a video of them. And I'll try to get a, a, a picture of them, um, God willing, next weekend. Um, the diver ducks have, have got bigger feet. And, of course, the, the, that's because they're, they're – you should, I mean, looking videos of them, it's pretty fascinating. Watching them dive as deep as they do, and, and they're, they're going to be eating, um, you know, crustaceans, things of that, mm. you know, freshwater clams. Uh, things of that nature. I believe they will also eat, you know, the, the duckweed, kind of the, you know, the grains and grasses that, that the puddle ducks eat, but, but they're, they're typically going to be out there kind of in the middle, uh, you know, getting all that. So, um, that's, that's really kind of the, the, the big difference. And I think another thing is they typically will come down, uh, a little bit later, um, and also, actually, they they tend to go back a little bit later too. You know, it, it's not uncommon to have divers on the on the on our tanks in in February. So, huh. um, I, I will tell you the other thing that I have noticed, and I actually pointed this out on the video. I, I we have a video I'm going to post eventually about. I was cleaning two ducks. I have a, a green wing teal hen and a ring neck hen. Um, and I know I showed the difference between their their feet size. Uh, but I also the uh, the skin on the diver ducks is significantly tighter, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know why um, why that is. But you know, typically you can you can kind of like a, like a turkey, you can kind of grab a hold of that skin and kind of mm-hmm. pull it and use your fillet knife to kind of fillet it off. You know, filleting puddle ducks is pretty easy. Uh, diver ducks can be very challenging uh, because again, that skin is just plastered to that to that to that meat um it's like uh less uh less drag as you're going through the water maybe or it something could be could be could be yeah oh interesting yeah yeah absolutely so so when you're sitting there yeah. uh, i'm sorry go ahead finish your thoughts no 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 no, 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 no. i'll just say it's a it's a lot of fun for sure yeah. so when you're sitting there in the morning mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. do you determine what actual call to use Great. you talked yeah. about you know these different calls that the mallards do, or you know how the calls are, I guess, designed kind of after that and everything. But then, how do you know? Right. Is it based on what time you are in the season, or is it right? You just wait to hear something, and then you, you know, sure. I mean, like, what do you do? Yeah, typically, it tip, tip, you, you, you actually, you actually nailed it. Uh, typically, it's really kind of the, the time of the season first and foremost. You know, um, you know, early in the season, you can you can call a little bit more, okay, and and, and that's okay, that's acceptable as long as you kind of know what you're doing. It's not gonna, it's not gonna bother. Uh, late in the season, I, I sometimes won't even take out my calls. You know, coming to the end of January, I won't even take it out uh, just because they are so spooky. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you know, you you've uh, as, as sometimes I, I say that, but I've got a, a little teal whistle, the the male teal. 
uh, some of the other ducks, pintails, widgeons, they, they kind of whistle. And I found that the whistle is a little harmless, uh, you know, but you can really screw up a quack and then that'll, that'll, that'll flare them every time. Um, so, you know, typically in, in the mornings, I will do what's called, you know, right at first light, I will do what's called the hail call. And that's, that's the, that's the mallard, uh, you know, down, down there on the water, seeing the other ducks circling and saying, Hey, uh, c- come on, we're having a good time down here, you know, beers <laughs> on me. And, um, and so, and so that, that, and, and, and they know that. And again, that's, you know, when that duck was talking, that mallard was talking to me a couple of weeks ago, that that's what he was doing. Look at other duck circling and tell them to come in the joint. And then I'll typically follow the hail call up with a feed call, which, uh, if you, if you listen to ducks, they get puddle ducks feeding it's a and that's them kind of you know them with their beaks down the water you know kind of basically chewing is, is what it amounts to uh and of course so, so then you've got the greeting call hey life is good and then oh hell we're, we're pounding some groceries this is great you know come on down here mm-hmm. um and those are typically the really the two that i stick with um now after I've shot at some birds and I know there are more birds in the area, I will do what's called the uh, the comeback call, which is like the which is like the hail call, but it's a little bit more in depth. It's a quack 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 quack. It's like you're pleading with them. Right, it's kind of um, kind of whining, like why are you leaving? Me? Yeah, exactly. It's like don't 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 mind that you know breaking the sound barrier sound you just heard. It's nothing to be worried about. Um. But but that's about it. And then really, I'll I'll mix in some some whistles, again. You know, just the uh, you know the the teal whistles, just a single peep, um, and that that's pretty harmless. Um, and uh, so again, it, it just it, it depends on the time of year, it depends on what you what you're looking at. Um, but you know, kind of like with turkey hunting, uh, you know, the, the really in my opinion, the less calling the better. Uh, you you want to try to be as as realistic as possible. So a lot, and honestly, a lot of my time up in Lubbock, all those beautiful years, uh, you know, sitting at those tanks, looking at all those ducks and geese, uh, was me just listening to them, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was actually kind of funny because I was just kind of learning a duck call. Then they would look at me like, my God, what, what is wrong with that thing, you know? <laughs> but that, that's really where I, I learned it, you know, watch. We hope your aim is as bad as your call. Right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yep. You yep. also said... Uh, you put your decoys out like in a J hook. Is that what right. you said? The right. fashion. Uh, right. How how many and how far out do you typically do that? Right. Well, it, it it's going to depend. Uh, how many you use really depends on the area that you're hunting. You know, if uh, you know you're down the Texas coast early season, you know those guys put out dozens of decoys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because they really need to. They they want them to be seen. It's realistic. You know, things of that nature. Um, you know, uh, some other places, you know, they'll put out two dozen decoys, you know, and they'll put some some floaters, you know, some in the water and then some some on land, you know, and I and I and I'll kind of do the same early in the season. I'll put a couple of got some standing mallards I'll put on the shore. Uh, and when it's great when it's windy, they kind of rock and God, it looks awesome. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll I'll put some floaters out there. You know, typically I, I won't use any more than about uh, you know, I won't use any more than about 10 floaters and, you know, two or three uh, standards. It's just because typically I'm by myself and it's a lot of work and I'm lazy. So, um, you know, but again, towards the end of the season, I, 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 I get rid of the standards. I get rid of the, 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 uh, 
what do you call it? I'm getting tired. The well, Mojo decoys. Oh, the Mojo. And then, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll get rid of the Mojo decoy, and then I will um, I'll cut that number of decoys back to like you know four, mm-hmm. something of that nature. Um, and so it also depends on the type of water that you're hunting too. You know, right. some of the like, the big tanks, you know, you can you you can get away with more. Some of the smaller tanks, you know, you especially when real estate's at a premium, you know, you don't want to you don't want to crowd them. So. Right. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of how I, kind of how I judge. And, and as far as the type of decoys I use, I mean, of course there's billions of brands. Um, and anybody listening, if they're a, a new, uh, uh, if they're into the, the duck decoy manufacturing, you'd like me to test some, I'd be more than happy to do so. I'll give you my address at the end of this. Um, but I typically will use, uh, a lot of uh, just puddle ducks. Uh, I use a, a mixed bag of mallards, uh, gab walls, widgeons, and teal. Uh, and I will also have I, – I typically have a what, – what I do is I got them Texas rigs, so they're on a, a big uh, – they're on a a piece of clear cordage that's about – I think it's about two or three feet with a big drop weight on the end of it and with a loop. And I put in a carabiner so I can throw over my shoulder, and I'm really easy. So I've got I've got several carabiners full of ducks to be on some. I've got some pintails. I've also got a dedicated teal batch where I've got like 15 little teal decoys. Don't put them all out normally, uh, but just to make it quick. And all I got to do is unclick that carabiner and just throw them. It's super easy. And I, that's called a Texas rig. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. Well, I guess my last question, I'm just curious, is out of all the ducks that come through here where we hunt, right? Uh, what would be the one or maybe two kind of rare ones that if you actually were to shoot that you right. should absolutely probably get mounted because sure. you, it'd be tough to ha- find another one. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. absolutely. 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 Well, you know, first and foremost it is my intention to, to really mount every species. Okay. Um, I, I would absolutely love to, have I done that? No. Um, but, but I would say um, just from a beauty standpoint, you know, the wood duck is incredible. Um, you know, the, the wood duck typically, uh, you know, sticks to the, the smaller tanks. Um, and that's why I've actually killed a few wood duck drakes and smaller tanks, not on the, not on the big ones. Now, what does a wood duck look like? Just the the wood duck is, is, is probably out of all the, the, the North American ducks is probably the, the most beauty. Uh, I mean, it's, it's quite frankly difficult to explain how pretty they look like, but uh, I mean, look, look it up when you get the chance. Yeah. They're, they're gorgeous. Uh, they they have a they they don't quack. They they kind of whistle and whine. Uh, they prefer smaller bodies of water. They actually nest in trees. Um, we got a lot of local wood ducks in Texas. I, I I they migrate, but I don't think they migrate as much as like the the other puddlers do. So look them up. They're 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 awesome. Um, but as far as rare ducks, to kind of in the area that we hunt. Again, you know, Central Texas area, top of the hill country, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, don't get a lot of pintails. Uh, I've shot maybe two or three pintails in the time that we've been at the Rancho Bandito. Uh, and, and, and canvasbacks. The canvasback is the biggest of the diver ducks. And they're big. They're big. They're about the size of a widgeon. Or excuse me, about the size of a gabwall. Uh, and actually, uh, Matt and I got into some canvasbacks a couple of years ago. Um, in fact, it was the day after I drank all that sun kissed, if you remember that story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, which, you know, I was like, man, I'm glad I, I drank it back yesterday and not that morning. That's a, that's a, a story, not for the faint of heart, but, right. um, 
Yeah, no, so the pintail, the pintail, and, and the um, the canvas back would definitely be ones that that I would mount. We, when I did mount, I did mount one of my canvas backs. Um, probably the the duck that I desire to harvest the most because uh, I've shot them all for the most part. Uh, as I, I am dying to shoot a cinnamon teal again. I love the teal. Uh, you know, we we get the blue wings like it's like it's going out of style in. Um, and during early teal season, and then they typically blow through, and then the green wing teal come down. That's what we're shooting right now, you know, during the during the regular duck season. But the cinnamon teal, they're typically more of a West Coast bird. Um, so I've heard of a few being shot in Texas, but but not a lot. But man, I would I don't know what I'd do um, if, if I got one of those. They're they're gorgeous. I, I highly recommend. Well, you would mount it, is what you would do. Oh yeah, yeah, sure, 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 yeah. <laughs> For sure. So, um, but man, they're, they're, they're cool. They're cool little birds. No doubt. All right. Yeah. Well, awesome. Uh, that's, I think that's a good place to stop on this one. Unless you got, do you have something, anything else you want to talk about? Yeah. No, not really. I, I, I think I'm good. I, uh, I hope, I hope we get into them next weekend. I'll be, I'll be real excited. You know, they always give me a hard time because they all go deer hunting in the right. morning. And I'm, <laughs> I go and duck hunting, but uh, you know, I, I know they're jealous. You gotta join me <laughs> one of these days. I know it's been a couple of years. I, yeah, you're right. I yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, uh, when does it the season end? Does it coincide with deer end of deer no, season? No, no. It's it's late. It's late January for for us. All right. So well, maybe, think, maybe towards the end of the season, I'll, I'll join. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that's perfect timing when they're super spooky and <laughs> right, right. You, know, you have to have a Howard sir to to shoot them. So, yeah. well, maybe that can be arranged. We'll see. Um, that's true. No. <laughs> All right. Well, awesome. All Good right. stuff. Yep. Stuff. Uh, you mentioned uh, you you'd love to do uh, any kind of gear review for duck hunting. Oh, um, absolutely, absolutely. Um, that's uh absolutely not just duck hunting, but uh, any anything. Any uh, if someone has an item of gear that they'd like us to take a look at and uh, do a write up, and or absolutely. we'd also love to talk to you on the podcast about it. Um, you know, shoot us an email. You can email us at howdy at feedbandit dot com uh, to uh, get in touch with us to do that, or you can just go to the website feedbandit dot com slash contact, and that's that's our contact form. It goes to the same email address, so. Uh, either way, but uh, yeah, shoot us a message at howdy at feedbandit.com and uh, we'll get with you and we'll figure out a way to uh, get you more exposure to uh, to our listeners. So uh, we'd love to do that for you. Um, Absolutely. Yep. Uh, so any last words before we sign off? I think that's it. Be safe out there in the field. Uh, remember to, to keep sending us pictures. We're loving to see the pictures and the stories. Uh, keep it up. That You know, Hunting is as much about camaraderie as is about uh, about shooting stuff. So uh, even though we may not know you personally, we'd love to try to get to know you. So keep it up. We're really enjoying it. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you all for listening. Uh, and we'll, we'll see you on the next uh, Feed Bandit podcast. And remember, support your local feed store. Thanks for listening to the Feed Bandit podcast. If you want to find new and innovative hunting gear and service providers not typically offered through the traditional big box hunting stores, come on over and join the hunt at feedbandit.com join.
When you join, as a bonus, you'll get our entertaining free e-guide of unique hunting tips and tricks. And a reminder to all you small businesses, feed stores, gear inventors, or entrepreneurs in the hunting space, if you'd like to get more exposure to potential customers by being featured on the Feedbanded podcast, please let us know. We'd love to discuss what we can do for you and your business. Go to feedbanded.com slash promote. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please give us a rating and review on iTunes as it would really help us out. Go to feedbanded.com slash iTunes. Thanks everyone for listening. Until next time, please remember to support your local feed store.